So it's very in vogue nowadays to say that people do not have freedom of the will. So whenever somebody says such a thing, uh, we can cut a long story short and ask a person, what is it that you're denying? For example, if a person says, I don't believe that there are any unicorns, and we ask them, what is it that you're denying? They're going to say, or they can say, that I do not believe that I will ever find a horse with a horn on it that somebody has not glued on. But I can conceive of what, uh, what I mean by the term unicorn in my mind, and consequently I'm denying uh, the, uh, the uh, real existence of something that I can't conceive. So here we would say, what do the terms free will mean for you? And, and consequently, if the person is able to define what it is that he or she means, that is not a gargled uh, combination of words, oh, it's being able to do things just because or something. Then, if a person can define it, then that certainly does exist. It's a real conception, and then we would just have to find it. Maybe a given person doesn't have this definition of free will, but then it certainly exists as a matter of concept. If a person is not able to define what he or she means, well, then the person has said complete nonsense. And what it translates to is, I want to be irresponsible. I don't want to pay attention to my choices. And consequently, I feel that this is the statement I need to make to exculpate myself and make myself feel better. Right? So, But with that said, of course, these are difficult questions and we can take a look at them a little bit. So number one, the first thing to, to dispel is uh, this uh, ridiculously, uh, it's not even wrong, but just to be <laughs> absurdity of absurdities to, to suggest that we don't have freedom of the will because of these different words we can string together. The brain, chemicals, I already read in my textbook that the brain is a bunch of neurons that are atoms and the atoms collide in a certain way and consequently that doesn't give us the, fr the option for having freedom of the will. These are views from thousands of years ago from people that were uh, just as intent on exculpating themselves from responsibility as, uh, as we are today. And it's it, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. It's taking something that we view, for example, one billiard ball bouncing into a bi another billiard ball, considering that to be necessity when we don't even know really how to think about that. That's a whole different question. But considering for whatever reason that to be strictly necessary, then imagining in our mind that, that the neurons are akin to, to the billiard balls or the atoms of which the neurons are made and consequently or the chemicals in that way and consequently that the brain is some kind of billiard ball-like machine uh, which uh, it forces us to to do strictly that which uh, or, or something based on uh, what occurred prior right before the atom collided like this and now i have to choose this flavor of ice cream <laughs> anyways moving on um, a, a deeper kind of view here would be to observe that we cannot do anything without a reason without a cause and consequently that where's the freedom of the will so here, there's a couple of things to say. Number one, again, unless we can define what we mean by freedom of the will, unless the terms without doing something without a cause make sense, not only that we can say them and we can string together those terms, but unless they actually make sense, we're not, we're not saying anything at all, then doing something for a cause would be, quote-unquote, freedom of the will. Another thing to say is that, again, what do we mean by the term cause? Are we imagining simply billiard balls colliding into each other? Or do we mean the more sophisticated conceptual cause, meaning we can say subjectively by analyzing uh, our first-hand experience that when we do so, in order to do something, we have to find it appealing. If we're sitting uh, around and we're trying to figure out what to do on a, uh, on a weekend afternoon and we're considering different options, go here, go there, get this kind of food, go that, get that kind of food, go to the park, go to the beach, we have to find the given option 
appealing. Absolutely. So if we want to call that a lack of freedom of the will, we can use those terms. But what is that saying? What, 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 what is a person claiming? All right. So an even more sophisticated uh, uh, rejoinder here would be to say that there's no freedom because we have to do that which is to us appealing. And that which is to us appealing is based on our, our current context, meaning we cannot simply force something to be appealing to us that has, that, that's completely out of context. So, for example, we go up to a person on the street and, uh, and we say, who's a, let's say, who's an autopilot? Who's an autopilot? Who's an airline pilot? Autopilot. Uh, and uh, we say, do you want to be a brain surgeon? Here, go to brain surgery school tomorrow. Well, obviously, the person can't do that unless in the, the a freak coincidence that the person already filled out application or was thinking about it. It's like, oh, what a coincidence. I was just, I, I was just waiting to go to brain surgery school. The person can't do that, obviously. So, excuse me. Consequently, we could say that that always holds so. Nobody can do that, which he or she does not find appealing. And so there's no freedom. Uh, so again, we would say if that's the reality, then that is freedom. And what we would call freedom, we're afraid to do what we find appealing. And that is what it is. But we can maybe um, go a little bit deeper still. So we would ask, what is it that determines what it is that we find appealing? And here, interestingly enough, obviously there's uh, many things that uh, we would say are out of our control as it would appear. Our family circumstances, our nature, our nurture, our upbringing. But it would appear that our past choices, what we call our choices, whatever the, the meaning of that term may be, our decisions, what we've chosen, to, what, we like, what we've elected to do, they form a context which determines what we find appealing going forward in the future. So, for example, we start out obviously as 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 babies, and we're totally, as far as we can tell, we haven't asked any babies. But as it would appear, that we're not conscious of ourselves. Not to say we don't sustain sensations, but we're not there, you know, there as as we might be later on. And there we're just acting on autopilot. There's the right usage of the term autopilot. There we're acting on autopilot. We're just reacting. Uh, based off of uh, whatever term we want to use, instinct, whatever that means, we're, we're reacting the, the, the way we, a baby usually reacts. But at a certain, and this this goes on for for some time, but at a certain age, we the consciousness dawns and we become aware of our existence, at least to some slight extent. And then what, what's going on? Then we begin to have choices as to whether to be really. This is really the choice: whether to be truthful and honest or whether to be selfish. Why is this the main choice? Because in, in any given situation, we have our conception of what is true based on what we know. And then we have the altered conception, which accommodates our, our desires, which are based on us. For example, uh, uh, we know that we did take the cookie from the cookie jar whenever our consciousness has done at, at seven years old for some six, eight, whatever the case may be. And yet, if we say, I took the cookie from the cookie jar, then we know that they, there may be painful consequences such as a timeout or no dinner or whatever the case may be. So now we can either say, I did take the cookie from the cookie jar or no, I didn't take the cookie from the cookie jar. The dog did or some or my sibling did, but not me. So we would say that this is the primary, this is really the only, the, the meat of the choice that we have to make as soon as consciousness dies. And if we make it, give, uh, give a truthful, if we make the truthful choice, we move a step closer towards a context which will enable us to choose in a, in a healthy, proper way uh, further down the line in our life. And if we make a, poor, a, a, a selfish, uh, dishonest choice, then we take a step away from that context and, and a step towards a context which will make things appealing to us that are naturally good for us. 
Meaning we say that, uh, let's already skip ahead some years from six, seven, eight years old or whatever to when a person is 30, 40 and so forth. Um, and and uh, there, generally speaking, the personality has sealed up. The person is as he or she is going to be for the rest of his or her life, unfortunately, probably, but that, that, that would appear to be how it is. Most of the time, so we see there's very many of us that find appealing things that objectively speaking, we would unquestionably find destructive, whether it's something such as a, 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 a unhealthy habit, a person has a, a, a drug habit, a person has a smoking habit, whether it's a, a various a kind of a, a pathologies and crazinesses, that's a word. Uh, a person finds appealing to manipulate others to be super controlling. A person finds manipulating even obviously much sicker stuff to, to uh, hurt themselves, to hurt others, uh, to all the way to a person finds it appealing to get us forbid murder people. All kinds of crazy things. So it's a person has to get to that context where those things are appealing. To a normal person, it's not appealing to, to go and, and, and torture somebody. And yet to somebody, it is appealing. So how did the person get there? So we would say step by step by one dishonest choice after another and a person that made one honest choice after another has got into a context again 20 30 40 whatever the case may be where things that are truly good for him or her are appealing for example it's appealing to me to help another person it's appealing to me to be uh, to, to be selfless to be loving to be kind to learn to grow all these nice things versus the other person that's appealing to me again to hurt people to manipulate people and and so forth and so on so we would say that a person has to get to that context. So we, a way to think about it then is that at any given time, we cannot simply choose to have a new context. We cannot choose to revise everything and, and just choose something that we've, has nothing to do with anything we've ever chosen before, barring some kind of extreme uh, stimuli or cases or something like that. But what we can do and what we have is this tiny little range of choice at the very tip of our current context. Meaning, let's say we've made uh, uh, 10,800 pivotal choices before concerning truth or, or, or selfishness. So now at that very tip, we have again this option. What am I, what am I going to choose? The tr more truthful thing or the more selfish thing? And then if we again choose the more selfish thing, the dishonest thing, we again sink deeper and deeper. And if we choose the more truthful thing, we again, we, we take a step toward a, a context that is truly good for us. So now from here, the person can say, okay, fine, but, um, uh, first of all, is it possible that a person will get to uh, a point where uh, there's no such choice and where a person is bound to choose the, uh, the dishonest thing? And we, we, we would say we can't uh, logically rule it out. We see unbelievable cases of corruption where a person has so degenerated morally in this way that a person cannot find appealing to do something even the, the slightest uh, honest thing. A, a person just can't, doesn't find it at all appealing and we cannot do what we don't find appealing. A person can't even get an angle uh, it, it, where, where it could possibly be appealing. For example, it's possible to be so selfish, to be so in our own uh, vanity, our own anim animalistic sense of self that we can't give a penny to another person. Literally, it'll feel like throwing it down the toilet and further, it'll, it could even be a blow to our self-esteem and our sense of self and our sense of control. Excuse me. And our sense of dignity. I can't give you a penny. No way. All right. So in this case, we would say, it, yeah, we can't rule out that it's possible that a person is, again, so corrupted that that's it. They've lost their freedom of choice in this regard. And then the only thing would be uh, if somebody takes pity on the person and, and uh, takes extreme measures to, to, to save them internally. Physically, they might be perfectly fine. But as a, as a person, as a potential human being, very far from a human being in these cases, but somebody would put perhaps a kernel 
of potential. Uh, on the flip side, we would say that it, we can't logically rule out that a person can get to a context where only things that are objectively solid are, are appealing, where a person cannot hurt somebody else, where a person cannot manipulate somebody else, a person cannot perniciously lie, a person cannot steal. It's not an option. Just like a person cannot, uh, a normal person cannot simply go and uh, uh, go run for a marathon randomly or go run a marathon randomly. Hey, you've never ran before. Tomorrow, run a marathon. No, of course not. It's not an option. It's not appealing. So it's possible for somebody to get to a point where uh, a person cannot cannot do anything that is against that the, the strictest standards of honesty. But most of us, it's possible to go a little bit forward, a little bit backward. And we would say that's where our, our choice lies. Now, um, the person can, can dig here even deeper and say, yeah, but even in the smallest way, wouldn't it be based on um, what, uh, uh, the, the, nonetheless, wouldn't it be necessary? Wouldn't it be based off all prior choices? So we would say that we we can appeal here simply to, and um, that we might be able to take a different route, but we can also simply appeal to, to an intuitive, absolutely solid knowledge. Like we see that we can go and choose to blink our eyelids right now. We can choose to make a little movement. We can choose to look left or right. If we want to call that necessity based off of something prior, we can use any words we want. But we would say that that would be what we would call original uh, uh, choice. This is our amazing power that, that we can choose. And we would say that's a freedom that uh, it, 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 we have in common in, in some ways with all of life. We would say just like an ant um, makes little movements walking down a table, right? What, what is that? Is that precisely caused by something directly prior Say so that's that's an original power of choice that's being manifested. A deer can can look a little bit to the left, to the right. So we wouldn't just have, try to be magical or have some magical thinking here and say it's exclusively by us. We would say that that is the the heart of maybe even of what we are. We could say is that the capacity to choose to to uh, in an uncaused way, if we want to use that term, simply to choose. Uh, and we would say that that power of choice then applies to that tiny little range that we have. Uh, as it concerns uh, uh, something that's honest or that's dishonest in, in the context that we have. So basically, we mold our own destiny unless we have uh, either gone, uh, gone so far into the darkness that uh, that's it, that, that we're lost case we, and, and we need intervention, or we've gone so far into the light that we simply cannot uh, go backwards. Uh, most of us, we, we, mold our, we continue to mold our own destiny every day and every little choice, every little tiny uh, interaction that we have, every thought, every even response to our emotions, every little um, motion that, that's of any significance, uh, facial expression maybe, every word that we say and how we communicate with others and all our life choices, everything is either contributing to uh, our perfection or to our degeneration. And we have, again, at, at our extremes, so we can know what we're trying to avoid and what we're shooting for, the, the ultimate uh, uh, kind of uh, person that has, has entirely degenerated, that is so in themselves, that is so unbelievably corrupted intellectually and, and, and warped morally and emotionally that it's, it's a trillion times better to die a trillion times than to be anything like that person. On the other hand, we have uh, the, the kind of ideal of a perfected human being that's completely selfless, that, uh, that whose intellect and emotions are in line with reality, all these things. So we're, uh, every moment we can either take a step toward the ideal or toward what we don't want to be. So it's really quite a power. It's incredible. And we should uh, take, advantage, uh, take advantage of it. So let's do it. Thank you for listening.